Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. The Horn, uh, how about them Cowboys? Congratulations to all the Cowboys fans listening to the show. Congratulations to my man, Harge. I know all of y'all are proud and feeling good. They survive and advance in the NFL playoffs. We'll get to it. Also, it is a Texans uh, Tuesday, so we'll also talk a little bit of Texans coming up next segment. Uh, they did get an interview with the big fish, a whale of sorts in the head coaching vacancy for the Texans. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll wrap up all of our discussion about the Super Wild Card weekend. Now that it is officially done, we'll also uh, look ahead to the divisional round. We've got Texas basketball versus Iowa State tonight. That's why we are off early at 6.30. But we'll preview that matchup coming up a little bit later on in the 6 o'clock. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos for the first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres. He wanted to chase his dream in the cheese. Although pimping ain't easy for him, it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Harge. What's going on, Cowboys fan? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I felt good walking in here this morning. Mm, I know you did. I know getting you my did. lean on when I was getting up this morning. It felt <laughs> good to get up and not have the Cowboy hangover that we've dealt with for so many times <laughs> during the playoffs. But we'll get into that, and I can't wait to talk to you about it because – I know you got some numbers over there, and I got some too. But this time I'll be paying a lot more attention, not multitasking. <laughs> but he hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you. 
the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Babers. I uh, appreciate the intro as always. That's not always any time introducing the real MVP. He's the idealionaire on this show, one of the hardest working members of the Aryan family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. The Patrick Davis. What's going on, brother? Doing good, doing good. Yeah. I had a good time, watched the game with some friends. Everybody mm-hmm. was having a good old time. Yeah, because, I mean, it was never, well, I'll say it was never in doubt. It, was, it started rough. I, and then it, started, it did start rough. We'll get it. Yeah, you're right. It started <laughs> a little rough. But for I will say that for me, because I didn't have any doubt, I kept telling y'all, I was like, I'm not worried. I told y'all, you yesterday, did? Like, you I'm did? not worried about it at all. I don't know why y'all freaking out. But I know, like, you, you explained it to me. That's right. Your baggage that That's you guys right. carry as Cowboys. I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I don't carry the baggage. I'm looking right. at it if it's out. Side, I'm like the Bucks are just not good. Yeah, and the Cowboys are a much better team. Uh, the Cowboys uh, they won in a commanding fashion, and we'll get into it. We'll break down all the details. Uh, you can be a part of the show five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the number to the Specs text line. You also can be a part of it uh, via the Twitterverse. My man Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse, and I'm at Rod Babers. So you can hit us up there as well. All right, let's not waste any time. Let's dive into it. Um, thirty-one fourteen win for the Cowboys over the Bucks. Uh, first road win uh, for them in the playoffs since nineteen ninety-two. Mm-hmm. First time they've beaten Tom Brady today since nineteen ninety-two. Today since nineteen ninety-two. Today, like as of it's, today, like, like, this was anniversary. The day. It's the anniversary. Of That's freaky. <laughs> yeah. That's freaky. Yes, sir. Hopefully in a good way. Yeah, definitely Hopefully in a good, in a really way. good way. The freaks come out at night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, well, Cowboys fans definitely got freaky last night. Oh, Show. There was a lot of celebration sex happening among the Cowboys <laughs> uh, faithful. We'll understand that. That will be that. But uh, first win uh, over Tom Brady, too. That was big. Uh, but I think we start with the franchise quarterback, and we start with the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a Dak Prescott fan, uh, so I'll give you the floor, but I want to give you a couple of uh, superlatives here about his performance. Uh, Dak Prescott played one of the best games of his career. Strangely enough, he played the best game of the season after his worst game of the season. Correct. That Correct. I like. That's Rubber what I, yeah. band man. That's right. right? Bounce back. Bounce, snap hey, back. Hey. Snap I, I, back. I always tell guys, hey, you're going to have a bad game or yeah. a bad play. That's just, no doubt. I don't give a damn how good you are. It's going to happen. But uh, how you bounce back, that really will determine what type of player you are. But uh, getting back to it, Dak Prescott, uh, how about this? He's the sixth QB in NFL history to record uh, one rushing touchdown and one passing touchdown in four career playoff games. He broke a tie with Steve Young mm-hmm. uh, and Patrick Mahomes there. Uh, he also finished with a passer rating of 143.3 in that game. That's the highest passer rating for any Cowboys quarterback in playoff history. Um, also, he is in the category now with Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, and Peyton Manning as the only uh, quarterbacks to have 300 yards passing, four passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a playoff game uh, in the Super Bowl era. So, yeah, I mean, you can throw it out there which way you can, whichever way you want to. 305 yards uh, total passing. He also was over 75% completion percentage, yes. which was phenomenal. Zero interceptions, Harge. I think that's probably what you care about most. Uh, but, yeah, any way you, talk, any way you look at it, uh, Dak Prescott really kind of won the day for the Dallas Cowboys. And strangely enough, it started off rocky. Yep. Missed his first three pass attempts. Drop passes, though. Those passes were dropped. They were dropped. That was dropped. CD dropped two passes, and then he dropped the other one. Yeah, that one, the the wide receiver screen was a bad throw, but you a wide receiver in the NFL. Catch that ball. Yeah, all right, but but, so the first one was maybe a yard. The second one was negative two yards if he would have caught it. So both those were incompletions. They were just bad, drawn-up plays. 
Oh. You talk about Keller Moore? That, actually. You I talk about Keller Moore? I didn't like the play no, call. I'm just that. kidding. Oh, I'm just okay. Kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That first the first series, the first three plays on the script were terrible. After that, it was fine. Yeah. 100%. Y'all are Yeah. 100%, Patrick. It was fine. Y'all are taking Keller Moore shots after a Cowboys road win. Wow. Hey, man, I'm hanging out with people last night, and after the game, are still like, Man, is someone gonna hire him away? Please hire him. That is somebody fantastic. get him out of here. That you guys, kudos. I, I, I did not I expect that. I, I, I think it's a little deeper. I think it's a little deeper. I expected you guys to be <laughs> humble with Kevin. I was like, give some praise to Kelly Moore. Yeah. You guys took shots at Kelly Moore <laughs> early in this show, even as the Cowboys were thirty-one to fourteen over the Bucks on the road in the playoffs. Hey, sometimes over Tom Brady. Over Tom Brady. Really? The goat was not the goat. Wow. The goat was the lamb. Well, the he head coach is Todd Bowles, who's also known He's, as being a very, uh, you know, high. Highly respected defensive mind. He's the out of there too. He was terrible. His uh, whole team was yeah, terrible. Was I'm here. glad, but I'm glad for the Dallas Cowboys. And to your point, come on, I will give Keller Moore some props because they did. They they drew up. It was a beautiful game plan. It yes, was. It was after those Except- first after those first two series. <laughs> after that, he realized he went back to the tape and said, "All right, let's just get out of here." But the other thing we talked about this yesterday. <laughs> We talked about the balance. At one point, there were 23 passes and 23 runs. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that was that we all know. Yes, he threw over 33 times, but he was efficient with his throws. You he just was, gave man. the numbers. And the, he was decisive. He was manipulating the defense with his eyes. He was doing the things that we thought he was before when he was that top-notch quarterback. And people are still going to c- complain about it and – Still going to hate on him, but I don't even care about it because I was one of those too. That last performance, I was like, man, I can't keep fighting for you, bro, if this is what you bring in me every single week. It's like I want to defend you every time, but I can't if this is what you're showing up and doing every time. So last night they did the things that they needed to do. He was quick with the ball. Like I said, very decisive. He used the tight end a lot more. Dalton Schultz was, was open all night. Uh, uh, Ferguson, another guy that I love. And the part that I really liked about the beginning of the game, they used Connor McGovern in the in the backfield. He was a lead blocker. Mm, six a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they came in knowing. And we can go back and look at last week's game and say, oh, it was very vanilla. But they played their guys. And you still played your guys. But the fact of the matter is, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Rod, you snapped back. You snapped back and you came out and you knew what you were up against. That that Tampa defense, although they looked bad last night, they're not a bad defense. Devin White they made is them a, look bad, right? But you Devin White is—I mean—is his name Devin White? Yeah, the middle yeah. linebacker. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. Yes, he is. The corners are good. They just—they were confused with everything that happened last night. So shout out to Kellen Moore. Shout out to Mike McCarthy. I got to put give some love to Mike McCarthy. Back to back seasons. This time he got a win. The curse is over. The curse is over of Tom Brady. The curse is over of not winning. The curse is over of the uh, blue jerseys. <laughs> Everything is going on now, you know, and that's what we expect. But uh, there's a monster that is brewing over in the Bay Area that uh, you got to come out and play against them too. So I'm a I'm a pump my my brakes. I'm enjoy the win. Don't they always say that? Hey, enjoy the win. Give them their <laughs> flowers right now. Get back to work. That's what Mike McCarthy said. We're gonna get a short flight. We're going to enjoy this win on the plane, but when we land, it's 49 a week. There we go. I'm like, I'm, I'm the same way, Mike. 
I'm the same way. I can't enjoy nothing. I can't because I'm gonna point out some flaws here in a minute. That kind of made yeah. me mad. I, I will say I did enjoy the fact that they used Dak a little bit more in the running game. Not a ton. Hello. That fourth and the fourth and goal. That yeah. fourth and one in the goal line uh, play where they f- ran him out. It just that, that was a great play call by yeah. Kellen Moore. No no naked no bootlegs. That, na- that was so like there was points where they used him on third and third downs and they used him on a fourth down there to run the ball, which it was like okay if you can do that. That extends drives. Yep. Something you can do with a guy, and this is what other teams are doing to win games. So you need to have that that versatility in your game as well. Guess you guys. So that's y'all's way of giving Kellen Moore some props. I get we gave him some. I, I gave okay. him some props. Gave him some props. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know but I'm a backhand him at the very beginning. Just <laughs> out there. He did you know definitely look excited yeah. on the sideline. The team looked like they were focused more than I've ever seen them. They understood what the challenge was, and they came in and they accepted it. I I, mm. I can't complain too much about certain things that was happening right there. But I want to give more love to the defensive side of the ball. They had Tom Brady looking like the uh, like an old they did. man. They, I, I agree with that. That wasn't the test. The, uh, the, I kept telling you guys, Tampa Bay's offense was, was bad. No, they're, they're, yeah, it was they're, a bad yeah. offense. They, they didn't have a running game. Tom Brady was that. That was his worst quarterback offense. The test was the offense of the Cowboys yeah. coming off a really bad game against Washington, going up against a, a, a good Tampa Bay defense. Yeah. Right, that was the test, and that's what I think is the really, to, in my opinion, I think that is really the story of the game. Yeah. That if you did the research on that that matchup between the Cowboys oh, defense all, yeah. and their and their offense, that was a tech that that was a mismatch. The Cowboys, oh, they they outmatched them. We were still no, thinking. Ways you can look at it. The only thing that concerned the Cowboys was that cornerback position exactly. opposite Trevon Dick. That's one issue, though. One issue, and Dan Quinn's a smart defensive coordinator. He could solve that. The biggest concern was how creative could the Cowboys be? Could they win on first down? Mm-hmm. Could they could they extend drives? All those things. Could Dak Prescott bounce back? That's what happened. All right, all that. And I, 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 this is what I want to point out, too, because I pointed this out earlier this week about Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott. They've been together for four years as Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, Dak Prescott as the starting quarterback. Three years where Dak Prescott started the majority of the games. Yep. They finished scoring Except offense. Except for when he broke his leg. Uh, yes. They yep. finished scoring offense in, in the other three years, first, fourth, and sixth. All right? Those yep. are the three years. Yep. And I've always said this. Cowboys fans really want to trash both of them. But you can't trash both. you got to pick one. All right? So if you're, if you're not a Killing Moore fan or a Dak Prescott fan, you really got to pick because they can't both be bad. They can't both be trash if they have, they have those types of numbers and that type of productivity. And here's the rare thing I'm going to tell you about the Kellen Moore and the Dak Prescott relationship. The rare thing about it is there's no relationship like it in all of the NFL. No offensive coordinator has ever competed against his, his own quarterback. Competed against his franchise quarterback, also been his his quarterback coach, and then also been his coordinator. That is true. There's there's no relationship that, like that, that in the NFL that right is now. Very true. Nobody like it. Nothing. That nothing like it at true. all. All right. There's no, you want to talk about getting being close and minute and knowing your player and his skill set. I I would argue, and I know it sounds crazy. I would argue. You t- give me any. I'm not saying. I'm not looking at productivity. I'm just talking about intimacy. All right, and the familiarity. There is nothing like Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott in the league. And I remember when Scott Linehan was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys and Kellen Moore was the quarterback coach. 
they used to Scott Linehan would tell Kellen Moore what he wanted from Dak Prescott in the game, during the game. And and Kellen Moore would decipher it and translate it to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott wouldn't even talk directly to his offensive coordinator when Scott Linehan was the OC. When they had Kellen Moore there. He would talk to Kellen Moore right. at the time. Right. It, they, they have a very unique relationship. Now, I know Kellen Moore may move on to bigger and better things. Partly that is because the Cowboys have a, a very uh, unique infrastructure as an organization. Right. All right? Because he really likes Kellen Moore and wants to keep him within the, within the organization. But my point is I know there's a lot of uh, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott haters out there. I get it. I'm not necessarily taking up for them. I'm just pointing out this fact which may lead to why they are a really productive pairing. And as productive as any coordinator, quarterback pairing, arguably in the league during the regular season, I know people say, oh, timing, that's a big part of it. But, I mean, they, they've been really good. Um, yeah. And, th- you know, I think you saw that come to a kind of a come to an apex, if you will, in that game versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, they, they looked good. They worked well together. It seemed like everything that was being called, I think Dak came to the line and called kill, kill, kill a bunch of times as well. But I think the way that they went about their business yesterday, the game planning, the timing of everything, and the execution, that could be the part of it too. Maybe this was the week that everything came together. You know, except for the complimentary football that we've talked about. There's been three levels. There's three phases in this game, and one of them has to get cleaned up. And we're not even going to go to my man Brett Maher because, I mean, we already know what's going down with him. Mm. That, that, that was just ridiculous. I couldn't believe what I was watching. But if the Cowboys can go out there and be better this week, better again, because can, can we have a same type of game plan against a defense that we all know is going to be – it's probably the best in the league. We yeah, said it. Probably at, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're it number is. one in the league. It's the best in the league. So, and they fly to the football. So those windows that you've had to make those throws, I can't. I, I just hope that that happens, right? I hope that you can go out there and execute that. If it doesn't, do we go back to trying to throw the ball all over the yard, or are we going to try to have that balance? Again, I said it yesterday, and I'm going to continue to say it. When Dak can throw 25 to 30 times in a game, and we can run the ball just as many times, it's the best that the Cowboys can possibly be. It is the absolute best. They, how many times did they have play 30, action last night? Yeah. How many times did they have that play action? How, how many times did they have the quick game, quick game, quick game, getting the ball out of his hands? Then he was able to stretch the field every once in a while. The best part about it last night was the tight end position. That's good, good point. Tight end position was, yep. was open, and they, 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 they got greedy with the tight end, which I was glad to see. Because they were open, and he mm-hmm. was finding them every single time. Yeah. No, Dalton showed seven uh, receptions for 95 yards, two touchdowns. First tight end uh, to score multiple receiving touchdowns in a playoff game for the Cowboys. I mean, they they set all types uh, of yeah. records <laughs> in that game. And, yeah, uh, yeah I, think, I think they – you got to give a lot of props to the Cowboys for bouncing back. I did not expect that. I expected them to have a – especially the way they started, too. Correct, correct. Considering way – and – Considering where they started and considering you just brought up the Brett Maher situation. Yep. The fact that he kept missing and missing four in a row. I yeah, mean, yeah, we can, yeah. Five. Because don't forget he missed a kick against them uh, in Washington. 
Good point. <laughs> yeah, that's that kid um, Washington. Yeah, good point. My man's got the yips. Dog. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, good point. And he did miss uh, four uh, extra points in that game. Didn't really matter at all because the Cowboys weren't in control of the game uh, the entire contest. But yeah, he's the first kicker to miss four uh, extra points. Really, since they started keeping stats. <laughs> 1932. Yeah. Regular season or playoffs, it's just never happened. Right. And he missed them bad. Oh. He missed them so bad. They actually missed – he missed them wide of the net. Yeah. So, the so Nets, fans got a ball in the stands. He, pretty <laughs> much because he missed them that bad. Souvenirs. So he was way off. Yeah. And I saw that in the um, tweets about his pregame warm-ups – he was 15 of 17. The only misses he had were a 59 and a 61 yarder. So those yips you talked about, Harge, they weren't uh, present in the pregame. Right. They and that's the scary part. Yeah. That's the scary part because if you can go out there and look like it's nothing during the warm-ups, that's the confidence. that. Every, I mean, because if you go back and look at every single reaction on the sideline, everybody's celebrating after the touchdowns, and then they find out he misses. They're like, huh. Then it goes to the second one. And then they started looking like, wait a minute. Then the third, everybody was losing their mind. Jerry and them still mm-hmm. hugging in the in the suites. And he was like, did he miss again? Yeah. So there's a lot that is going to uh, to have to come through this week. Because you know as well as I do, going up against that defense, every, I mean, that team in San Francisco, every point matters. And to your point, every point mattered last night because the over-under was 45 and a half. Whoa. 45 and a half, and it finished at 45. How do they know? They know. They How know Brett Maher was going to be terrible last night. How did they know Brett Maher was going to be bad? <laughs> they must know something about his, his him, him and his wife got something going <laughs> yeah. on. Something That's why everybody stuff. kept texting me. They were like, we need to check his wife's bank account. <laughs> we need to check his wife's bank account tonight. Oh, man. That, yeah. yeah, I felt bad for him, honestly. Literal point shaving. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I, Normally it's more points than extra points, but he was just like, <sighs> And it didn't matter. But my right. point was the Cowboys, that adversity didn't even phase them. They kept rolling. They just kept rolling. They kept rolling. The adversity hit. They just kept moving. That they, they started out bad, missed their first, I think Dak missed his first three pass attempts. Then he hit on what, a, I think it was a franchise record, 11, 11 of straight. 11, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. I love the way they battled the adversity on the road, which automatically has a kind of a baked-in um, yeah. element of adversity. I just thought the Cowboys shined, uh, and the offense did a really good job. Tony Pollard. Um, yeah. He had a career high you know, nine forced missed tackles. Hell, he only had fifteen rushes. Yep, and had nine forced missed tackles, averaging over five yards per carry. I thought he was great, but you guys are right. It was Dak and what he did, even the element of the rushing game. I mean, that was all about Dak. That was one of Dak's finest performances on yep. a big stage. And what have I been screaming for the longest time? I was like, man, Dak doesn't use his legs enough. He needs to run yep. the ball. That's when he was good. Remember when he was at Mississippi State? That's how he. That was how he got them to number one. It is. He was running the football, and I understand maybe he had the psychological part of it where he broke his leg before, so he may not have wanted to, to go out there and put himself out there. But at the beginning of the game, you saw his uniform start to get dirty. That means that he was in it to win it. He was doing anything and everything to help his team and will his team to victory. I know the challenge didn't seem to be there near as much, but that is the confidence that you wanted to see them play with. The fact that everybody was getting open, that offensive line. I mean, let's talk about the offensive line and what they were able to do with they uh, all these mm-hmm. different matchups. You know, you move – uh, Tyron Smith to right tackle. You still got Zach Martin, who's all pro. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but 
He's another all-pro year for him. Then you got Tyler Biotis. You brought it up yesterday, him being able to come back and being the leader on that deep on that offensive line. And the rookie, man, Tyler Smith, I'm impressed with him. I told I know that I told everybody I was losing my mind when they drafted this kid because mm-hmm. I didn't know what he was going to be. He was a dog all year. Like he did things that everybody continues to talk about. And the fact that he was learning two positions at the time, learning guard and tackle. And yesterday he had to go back to tackle because oh boy got hurt and they Jason had to bring Peters. in. Yeah, Jason right. Peters is out. Mm-hmm. And he had to go out there and was still beating people up on that line, man. That's impressive. Yeah, that's it's been a blessing in disguise for the Cowboys. They've had those injuries on the O-line, and they've been manufacturing depth in different ways. And now big-time injuries on the O-line, which should decimate them, for sure. don't really hurt them that much. Right. Because right? Tyler Biotis went out. They just moved Connor McGovern over, yep. moved uh, Jason Peters, and and moved Tyler, Tyler Smith, the young guard. buck. Yeah. Uh, and now they lost Jason Peters. They just, all right, we're going to move Tyler Smith over. So yeah. they've manufactured all this depth because of the versatility on the line. So it was a it was a heartbreaking moment to lose, uh, you know, Tyron Smith early in the season. But that that crisis yeah. really did force them to kind of manufacture depth and cross-train guys. And now they really do. They have a line that has a lot, has insurance policies yeah. and contingency plans with guys getting hurt. No doubt. And I don't know if Jason Peters, we don't know what his status they is They said right that now. it's going to be a look as Looks like it's more of a two-week injury as opposed to a one-week. Todd Archer sent that out right before we went on air. So there's something um, that we're going to have to pay attention to and they're going to have to monitor. But you need all hands on deck this week. You are going to need it. (laughs) You Uh, need all hands on deck. You want to talk about the defense. The defense did show up, but I'm not surprised by that. That's what I knew would be the easiest matchup for the Cowboys. I know they were going to get Tom Brady. But man, the Bucks, they throw the ball so much. And yeah. they did it again. They did it. They fell again. into the trap. They always do. It's a trap. Don't it's go trap. in there. Yeah. They always do. They fell for it again. Yep. What did what did Brady have? Six. Sixty-six passing attempts. Was that a career high? I mean, it how, he better be icing his shoulder. Because that man is in there throwing that ball. Well, he's got time to rehab now, so he's got some time off. But uh <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait to say yeah, that. Guys, I right. couldn't wait Take to say that. I gotta hey, get rid of Brady. Do it, now. Do it right now yeah, when you can. Yeah, Take Because if he comes back next week, next year, I'm gonna be like, oh sorry. Exactly. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the way that the defense played, the way that Micah Parsons continued to put pressure, Micah Parsons off of the edge. He had eight pressures, six hurries, three run stops, two pass deflections. He almost had that interception too. On that one, Brady tried to do run a quick screen, oh, and he yeah. got his hand. I, wa- I wanted him to intercept it because I wanted to be able to watch him run. He went to the house because he would have taken that to the house. Yeah. And then he had one hurry and one slap, uh, sack. No missed tackles. No missed tackles. If he got to you, you were going to the ground. And uh, you just got to look at at the defensive backfield. We were talking about Xavier Rhodes got beat on one play, just overshot mm. him. Tom Brady overshot him. And I really needed that. I needed that play to hit for me to win my parlay because I thought Mike Evans was going to get a touchdown. Oh, I got you. And it was a big yeah. parlay. It was a big one. But I ended up mm-hmm. missing it. But other than that, that defense in the secondary <laughs> played well. J. Ron Curse, I hope that he's going to be okay. We're going to find out a little bit more about him. He said he's going to be able to go. It's a sprained MCL. I saw that. Okay. He said he's going to. He said he's going to be able to go, and he's fine. He had the same injury earlier in the season, but because of the playoffs, I'm just. I'm assuming. Yeah. All hands on deck. Yeah. 
And I want to give a shout-out to the texter who told us at the very beginning of the year to make sure we pay attention to Deron Bland. Deron Bland has been exceptional this entire year. Amen. And he has held his own at every part of the game, no matter whether he was playing in the slot, whether he's playing in the corner, whether he was covering a back out of the backfield, whether he was on special teams. Dude showed up every single week. So shout out to the texter that uh, that hipped us to Deron Bland. Because I believe I saw, and I'll go back and, and look at it because I'm going to rewatch the game uh, tonight or later on uh, this week. But I believe Deron Bland was playing a lot of corner. He was. Just regular corner opposite Trevon Diggs. And they played what they called their big nickel. Yep. Um, which is three safeties and two cornerbacks, and they had their three safety packages with Hooker, uh, with Donovan Wilson, um, and also with Jaron Curse. Yeah, and they also had they kept playing. Uh, oh yeah, Maki- uh, yeah, exactly. Israel, 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 Makamahu. Yeah, Makuamu. Yeah, Makuamu. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, number I, 24, Everson Walls number. Yeah, yeah, Everson yeah. Walls number. Right. No, no, great yeah. point. Because they like yeah. him. Yes. And he may be their solution. And like I said, you're at the Argo principle, best <laughs> yeah. bad idea. Uh, yeah. But he played 24 snaps in coverage in the slot for yep. them. Uh, like I said, they were putting, I, I noticed Deron Bland was outside playing a lot more corner. And they put him in the slot, 24 snaps. He only allowed two receptions. Yep. 16 yards and a lot of 48 passer rating. Yep. That's not that's bad. That's huge. That's no, that's, it's in the playoffs, man. Against exactly. Goat. That's, that's, that's pretty damn good. I love it. I love it. He, was, he did his thing last night. And I kept looking, big play, diving across the middle, making all these plays. And I was like, this dude has shown up this week big time. Now, I know that uh, – Chris Godwin was getting his. That looked like the only person Brady really wanted to throw to. It was him and Julio Jones half the time. Mm. I kept saying those were going to be the the two people that I thought were going to get the majority of it. But the Cowboys did what they were supposed to do on defense. The offense rebounded and couldn't be happier for for the fact that Dak, you know, shut up some of the critics that were after him all year. Rightfully so, though. Rightfully so. I mean, you threw a franchise record seven straight games with the pick. Some of them, you had two of them in there. Now, you deserve some of that criticism at that point. But last night, you get your flowers too, bro. Yeah, no doubt. No, he he showed up in a big way on the biggest stage for uh, the Cowboys and helped lead this team to victory. Uh, But you're you're certainly right, Hards. The defense did their part. I just thought the defense, it was – to me, uh, an easier task for them because I know it sounds crazy going up against Tom Brady, but I think that Tampa Bay offense, I think people got to see it. It has been like that all year. Yeah. It has just been a it's – a, it's, it's been bad, period. There's no way you even talk about it. The worst rushing game in the NFL, and I think you saw that on display. And they don't Ooh. you know they don't believe in it because they had him throw 66 times. They're like, we have no faith in this running What'd game. What did you say? Playoff Lenny? No no way. And they fired their OC after the game. As <laughs> soon as it was over. As soon as it was over, they're like, so, we yeah, can't yeah, wait to yeah. get this dude out of here. Y'all, you're done. At one point, they're he was done, standing son. on the sideline, and I, I I looked at Lindsay. I said, you know what? He don't even have a headset on. Leftwich didn't even have a headset on at one point. I was just like, oh, yeah. He, he had some AirPods yeah. in? Like, I mean, they got, got the new ones out there. <laughs> He's like, Tom Brady ain't listening to me. <laughs> Tom Brady told me, take off the headset. I got it from here. I'm not handing it off. I'm not handing I am throwing the ball. We're not I'm even the goat. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. 
I we're agree. not huddling. I agree with Patrick's theory. I think Tom Brady took over that damn offense and was like, man, I'm calling the damn plays. You ain't got to worry about it. He's like, take off. Because he, to me, they waited, what, 24 hours? Yeah. Did they, it didn't even, no, it wasn't even 24 hours. No, it was like 12. Come on, man. It they, was like 12 because they played tonight. They, I mean, you, yeah, they you played at nighttime. Night. They were waiting to break up with that dude. They couldn't wait to break up with they him. They already had his boxes. They, they boxed it up for him. Ready to go. Hope you ain't got no pictures in the office, dog, because they about to be gone, too. <laughs> he went up there this morning, card didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Beep. Beep, beep. What's going on here, man? No uh, doubt. You know nah, what's man, that's, going on That's here. that one. They got back. They they all get they get done. They're leaving at the end of the day, and they're like, hey, man, hey, man, uh, come here. Don't yep. come in tomorrow. No, no. <laughs> hey, take, the, take tomorrow off. <laughs> take tomorrow off. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's good to get fired on your day off like Friday. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get into Texan this Tuesday. Speaking of people getting fired, they fired their head coach, uh, Lovey Smith, and now they're looking for a head coach. Sean Payton offers good news to Texans fans. We'll talk about it on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. One of the horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams. I reach the top of the Billboard charts on Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, my man Patrick always DJing a top of the charts Tuesday. Um, man, this was the jam back in the day. Yo, chubby uh, checker. Good old chubby checker. Yeah, man, this is the jam back in the day. Yep. For real. I, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't even know what year. I don't even want to guess what year. I'll be way off, I guarantee you. I'm going to say 1954. When was the, twi- the Twister craze? Was it 54? No, it was in the 60s. Because okay, I always start looking in the 60s. Okay, okay. Now that I know that, 1964. It was, yeah, it was somewhere in the early 60s. I don't yeah. know off the top of my head what okay. it is. Okay. But yeah, yeah it's, it was early 60s. All right, uh, there you go, my man uh, Patrick, hooking us up early on with the top of the charts Tuesday jam. Uh, all right, uh, we got Texans Tuesday brought to you by our good friends over at Bud Light. So shout out to Bud Light and uh, a lot of Texans friends out there. Uh, they're drowning their sorrows uh, in Bud Light. If you're a Texans fan, I will say this: you got good news because C.J. Stroud did declare for the NFL draft. Yep. Uh, throwing that out there, so that's good news because. The Texans don't have the number one overall pick. They have the second overall pick. They could trade with Chicago to get the number one overall pick. Uh, but at least if you evaluate both quarterbacks and you like them both, you'll be able to get your pick if the Bears decide to draft a quarterback there. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna before we get into the Texans. Go ahead, shut up. Shut do up. you think that that is something that the Bears should do? Oh yeah, Patrick and I talked about this for a little while briefly. Um, that to me is the most asinine thing. It, I know it's part of the game. It depends on how how highly rated your scouts um, have the, these two quarterbacks coming out. They, do you have Bryce Young with a higher ceiling than Justin Fields? If that is the case, then 
yeah, I, I try to get somebody to trade for Justin Fields, and I take a quarterback with that pick. So, oh, and, and Hards, let me tell you, the reason why that I, I sold Rod on this is that you only have X amount of years of your window being open before you got to pay your quarterback. And if you were able to trade Justin Fields off, get another first, get a third or whatever else you get for Justin Fields, and reset your window. So now you have a rookie quarterback starting on a rookie scale again. You reset that window, and it buys you another two years of building this Bears team up where you have a rookie contract for a quarterback that you can try and build up and compete for a Super Bowl. So that, for me, is one of the bigger reasons why it's appealing. I get that it's super risk-reward, though, because if you go out and get C.J. Stroud and he turns out to be half of a player of Justin Fields, then you've you've screwed the pooch. But the problem for all of that, that's a great theory, but I've wa- I sit and I watch the Bears games a lot. Justin Fields is not the problem. No. That well, offensive line is terrible. They have zero wide receivers for this guy. And they traded he, was the uh the the Clay um, uh, Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah, they got rid of they traded for Claypool. Yeah, traded he for did Claypool. nothing. Yeah. And he still he would he was about to break the rushing record mm-hmm. if he didn't get hurt. So I agree. You can look at it, you can go out there and get him. But that would be, to me, it will make it worse because I don't care how good C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is, who are they going to be throwing to? They're not playing with people from Alabama and Ohio but, State again. But, but that's yeah. exactly the point is who's yeah. Justin Fields throwing to, and if you need more time to build it. And, they, and again, they're going to run to the problem that, that the Ravens have, which is, hey, man, we got to pay a guy whose career is going to be cut short most likely so how do we want to pay him? And that's where you may just go, hey, man, if we can sell high. Like, we made Justin Fields. He went from a bust to now a quarterback that people think we're crazy for trading. Yeah. So if we can trade him and get value for him at his peak right now, he may go prove us wrong somewhere else, but we may also win where we get more picks. We can build up. We can now draft another wide receiver. We can draft this, and we can bit pieces around a rookie quarterback and get a couple more years. Now, all of that is very high risk. <laughs> right, right, right. And you have right. to trust – that you're, you got the right scouts and everybody in there. But I get the concept of, man, we're not going to be good in two, three years. Right. And if we're not good in two years and I have to pay Justin Fields $35 million a year in a five-year deal, like I don't want to do that what if about, I'm still not good. What about next year's draft? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you may be put in a position. You might be, yeah, but if you, can get, some... if you can get draft picks, I think is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you can and you have your pick. And you but have Justin your pick. Fields, I will say that he has shown elite rushing ability. First quarterback with 140 yes. plus rushing yards in back-to-back games. He's had three 50 plus yard touchdown runs. That's the most of any quarterback in NFL history. Like you said, he'd have broke the record if he didn't get hurt right. for most rushing yards in a season. Um, the regular season record he also has with 178 rushing yards in a game. But those are rushing records, yeah, yeah. and it depends on. So I'm with you. It, it, right now, he's proven that he's an elite runner. Like you're talking about Lamar Jackson style right. potential runner. Uh, but what is he as a passer? Can he prove to be a Lamar Jackson level passer? If that's the case, or you can bring somebody in here who can have a Brian 
Dayball or Sean McVay type resurrection yeah, yeah. and and turn him into a great passer, which Danny Dimes was not that until Dayball turned him into that. Right. Jared Goff was not that with a Jeff Fisher, but he was that with a Sean McVay. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. So you've you got to either find the great offensive mind that can weaponize and maximize his skill set uh, no with doubt. a specific offense like the Ravens have done, um, or you need to go to what Patrick's talking about and kind of just reset the whole damn thing with higher picks. I yeah. guess the, it, you got, you get, either way, it's yeah. not a bad decision, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. you got to come yeah. down with something. And, that, and I guess that goes back to what we were talking about. We're about to talk about the Texans. What is the next move for the Texans as the head coaching search continues, the draft pick in that situation, but what are the weapons around them? Y'all talked about it before. Cooks is about to be gone, right? He mm-hmm. was asked for a trade. So who is going to be that elite wide receiver? Well, I wouldn't even call him elite. Who's going to be the number one wide receiver now to to back up this quarterback? Because it, it just spinning your wheels at this point, right? Uh, yeah, that's why the, <laughs> the coaching search for the Texans is so crucial, especially after back-to-back one-and-dones. Yep. Um, they uh, are considering Sean Payton. They interviewed Sean Payton. Yep. I think a lot of people were shocked that they got an interview with Sean Payton. And Sean Payton also went on Colin Cowherd's mm-hmm. show, and he surprised some folks out there because uh, he admitted that the Texans potentially are a franchise he would consider. When when he asked, would you consider Texans, he didn't hesitate. He said yes. Um, he said he noted his knowledge of the organization um, from their joint practices with the Saints when yep. he was the head coach there with the Texans. Um, and he said uh, there's growth potential immediately there from their two or three wins they had this year. Yeah. So he said they they've got a really good draft capital. They got uh they're they're in a division that you can at least say with Indy, Tennessee, and Jacksonville is winnable. So yeah, yeah. He's he's looking at the Texans. He, how does that make you feel as a Texans fan? You need to go all in and try yeah, to get them. Yeah. But you may be losing them draft picks if you go in all in and get them. And the, the Texans, if that's the case, you may end up losing that pick, right? They, but you, unless you sign him so, after. Well, and the other thing is what Sean Payton said in the interview is that he expects it to be a mid to late first round pick. So mm-hmm. the Texans may also be able to put together a package with the second pick in the, the second round and something and maybe a future pick of another second or something like that where it's not a first round pick but a second pick in the second round actually can help you out a lot because of the salary cap reasons and the non-guaranteed contract. Some people like those as well. And if it's the difference between a 28th pick in the first round or the second pick in the second, you might want the second pick in the second. Yeah. I I think they should give them whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to obviously do it based on the, you know, the, the contingent that he would sign uh, a, a contract with the Texans. I'm assuming that would be done. That wouldn't be a big deal. He just right. said that he would consider the Texans. Some people think that he is just – kind of keeping all of his options open. I think the Texans are a real consideration for uh, him because he's right about the draft capital. They do have uh, a ton of $40 million in cap space, too. And let's be honest, I've talked about this, there is a power vacuum. There's a void of leadership with the Texans. For sure. And Sean Payton would go there, and they would give him all football control. And he's a smart guy, and he knows that. And that's kind of what the owner wants, too. The only guy that doesn't want is Nick Casario because Nick Casario knows that probably means he's going to be out or he's going to be um, – at least he'll end, they'll end up gutting whatever kind of power that he has left yeah, over. Yeah. He's he's sitting there thinking about that right now in that meeting, to looking at uh, 
Sean Payton when he walked in there like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that means the things might be coming to an end. Screeching. <laughs> Screeching. Yeah. <laughs> Just because Sean Payton's going to be given um, all football control. He probably right. won't even come in unless they're going to do it. And the, the Texans should agree to whatever Sean Payton wants to get him, especially after two Bat, you know, one and done coaches. Right now, you need a football guy to come in and kind of right the ship. Sean Payton would be that guy, and he would get to pick his quarterback. Yep. Um, and hell, the Texans could trade up to get the number one overall pick too. They can trade with the Bears as well. Yeah, if they want to do that. But but what would they what would they offer them? Like, what would be the biggest? It'd probably be piece some, that would be uh, there for them. Oh, just draft capital. But if yeah. they wanted that bad, I don't know. Yeah. They, they say Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft and it's not even close. We got to get Bryce Young. That's how you do it. But if you say that Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are really close in your draft evaluation, then maybe it won't matter. Yeah. Both of them are going to be a top quarterback. Yeah. In draft. And, and especially if you get the call that the Bears go, hey, well, we just want to give you fair rights. Indianapolis just trading us for the number one pick. That could They're going to take your quarterback. Do you want to offer us a better deal? Yep. I like it. So then you I might like have to. They're gonna it. have to do it. They're gonna have to do something if their guy if their guy is right there. And like you said, is it is it Bryce Young? Is it C.J. Stroud? Ooh, who knows? Um, Sean, I, Sean Payton knows. Yeah, but <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is it all? It Sean all the, it know. all hinges on. Do you go with Sean Payton, and it structurally changes your leadership of the team and everything you've got going, yeah. or do you hire one of these really young, unproven coaches? Right. And it is Nick Casario making all of the decisions. He is handling it, and that changes very much what the future of this team looks like because Casario, at least so far in the Texans, has not shown any will to make anybody a long-term decision for the Texans right now. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, he, he, yeah, I'm with you. He could go that route, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because you might hire the right guy, and it yeah. maybe works well with Nick Casario, but I'd rather them hire someone now with some experience, experience and success. Yeah. Uh, on their resume like Sean Payton, um, especially when it comes to the offensive side of the ball because the Texans have been so bad on offense. At least you can pacify the fans <laughs> with an offense. You're saying making moves, right? With an yeah. offense yeah. that will uh, score some points and at least be somewhat sexy and aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Their offense is hard to watch. No doubt. Um, so that's the way no I would doubt. go. I'd go. And I know Sean Payton and the Texans, that's like that. When you see that that really smoking hot woman or man, and then they're with, you know, they see a 10 hanging out with a 6, and you're like, man, what's going on with this? That's kind of wild. And you're like, I don't know why they're, they're together. Maybe it's something you don't know. That's right. That's Sean Payton with the Texans. The Texans are about a 6 of a franchise, and Sean Payton as a coach, He's about a nine and a half, close to being a ten. He's a dime piece. I don't know why they'd be hanging out. He thinks he hey, thinks well, he can change them. He, <laughs> no. he thinks I can I can upgrade them. He can upgrade them. He can yeah. upgrade the Texans. Yeah, he can. He upgrade sees it. potential there. Yeah, that's what it is. I hope so. Get him at a young age. You grow, the, watch him grow. You right? There's a story there. It's that. It's that. It's, it's that one that you were friends with in middle school, and you're yeah. like, man. Now all of a sudden you're like, damn. Okay. She didn't turn it out like that. Hey, I also think Sean Payton was looking to L.A. and like maybe the Rams will be open. They got a lot of money over there, and I can maybe do something with them for a year. Uh, maybe the Chargers will be open. And, oh, look at all that talent. And now it's like, well, do you want to go to the Broncos with Russell Wilson? Do you want to go to the, the Panthers with Deontay Foreman and an okay defense? Chuba, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, that's up like Chuba. no quarterback no, there. I'm with you. No, and not really draft capital. We got some money, but not really draft capital. Or do you want to go to a Texans that is basically a clean slate and you can kind of build up and an owner that will just go, here's the keys. Pretty much. 
Run yeah. the organization. And, I know. And he goes, all right, I won't wreck it. He goes, ah, I don't care if you do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, y'all think she's a six, but I'm telling you, if you you upgrade her, like Hart said, she that's could right. be a nine. She could be. She could be a nine. Yeah, there's he, some potential there. He sees the potential. He sees the potential. All right, we come back. We'll talk about uh, the flex, speaking of potential, right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104 Nine Horn. And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie Right here on 104.9 The Horn It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts On this day in history uh, Thanks my man Patrick for DJing A Top of the Charts Tuesday uh, Also time for the Flex Go to flxatx.com Flxatx on all of your social media platforms uh, Also there are scores uh, Up at flxatx From all of your basketball action From uh, last night um, You can go check that out And also you still got your power rankings up there as well So they got the uh, scoreboard stuff and also your power rankings. You can go check that out at flxatx.com. And you were telling me, Harge, that uh, is it baseball season starting up? Baseball gets to start this Friday. They get the coaches and uh, players oh, wow. get to start working out starting this Friday. Normally it was pushed back till later in the month, but new rules, UIL decided that they would move it up a week. Pitchers and catchers, almost like a little spring training where pitchers and catchers can report. And you can do your tryouts. You can do try to get yourself ready. So when the next week starts, you roll in. The regular season is still going to be the same amount. It's not going to start any earlier. Yeah. But you get an extra week of practicing before you get into some of those games. So. Um. Uh, yeah. The Texas baseball rank uh, rankings. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, rankings for college baseball out. Um. And I heard some Texas baseball fans. Yeah. Excited about that. Yeah. It's definitely right around the corner. And you know that this is where the I get a little bit busier during baseball season because oh, yeah, they got a lot of tournaments at the very beginning of the year. Globe Life Classic, Carbock, um, Round Rock Classic, and, of course, the Frisco Classic. But there's so many different uh, baseball events that are about to get cranked up right now. Yeah, um, nice weather for it right now, too. Right now. Um, all right, we'll get back to some uh, Flex stuff. Of course, more Flex updates tomorrow. But go get yourself updated with the Flex. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. Uh, we got more Super Wild Card Weekend review. We're going to review uh, and finish up and kind of wrap up all of the games now that it's official. Cowboys are done. We'll look ahead a little bit to the divisional round. Um, Cowboys facing uh, the 49ers. Uh, they got to settle, settle a score, if you will, with one of their mm. old rivals in the 49ers, but the 49ers are looking good, playing some of the best football of any team in the playoffs. We'll talk about that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 149 The Horn.